The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Good day, I'm Mac McCoy with my co-host Delmar Austin, and this is The View from a Pew on our The View from a Pew Roku channel, all over the place on different websites as well as podcast sites, and go to any of them, Spotify, uh, CastBox, Facebook, wherever you want to go, and just simply search for The View from a Pew. So we've gotten a couple of emails uh, from some of you since we've gone on Roku, wondering why we don't look like television. I don't want to look like television. <laughs> I want you to see what's happening here live. We don't have makeup on. We don't have... This is obviously not a set made for television. It's a recording studio in my home. And this is where Pastor and I do all of our shows. And so if you want to see something slick and fancy, then... Turn to Christian Broadcasting Network or somewhere else. We're just a couple lot. We're just a couple guys who love Jesus and love to ask and talk about some of the tough questions, which we're in the middle of this day, and it, it answers our normal question: What does the Bible say about blank? And today our blank is: What happens between the time you die and the time you're in the arms of Jesus? Well, we've taken a look at it. Last week we talked about it. We talked about it uh, already this week. But you've probably had some questions as we've gone through this because we've, we've talked about soul sleep and not the immortality of the soul. Uh, but what about some stories in the Bible that seem to be talking about some kind of life right away after death? Well, what about the thief on the cross? This is my favorite story, and nobody <laughs> tells it better than Pastor Delmar. Well, you remember, of course, the two thieves that were crucified on both sides of Jesus. Yep. One is uh, one is is actually uh, speaking to Jesus and demeaning him, and the other one is listening and uh, responds and stands up for Jesus. But what he says is very important. As he is moved to believe in Jesus, he says, Lord, remember me when? When you come into your kingdom. Now, he had the right idea there. What Remember me in the resurrection, because that's what Jewish believers that, that understood what the Bible said they believed. Now, he was, he was a man that had not followed God well, but now he believed. He had faith in Jesus. And what is it that Jesus says to him? Jesus said to him, and I'm just going to read it straight through, okay? Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, the way that it is written in almost every Bible translation that I have seen is this way. Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. There's another way to read it if you put the comma 
in a different place. And let's remember, they when they wrote the Bible, there was no punctuation. Exactly. They in didn't the, have that back then. In the original Greek language, when, when it was written, there was no punctuation. Right. Okay. Well, when did that come in? It didn't come in until about the 6th or 7th centuries. So whoever was copying these verses of Scripture decided for themselves where to put punctuation. And you know that a, 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 war, a, a sentence can mean quite a few different things depending on the order of the words and how they are arranged. Well, if you put the comma before the word today, it, it makes it a whole different statement. Then Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, Jesus would be saying, today I give you the assurance you will be with me in paradise. Is there room to believe that could have happened? Yes, because there are many times Jesus says, like, verily, verily, or I say this to you, or assuredly, I say this to you, depending on the translation you use. If Jesus is saying, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise, what he's saying is, yes, at the time when I return again, when I come the second time, you will be raised to life and you will always be with me in paradise. And you can have the assurance of knowing that right now, even before you die. Now, where is Jesus right now? Right? Not, not in that story. Where is he right now? Is he in heaven with his Father? Absolutely. The New Testament talks about, after the resurrection, that Jesus ascended into heaven and was uh, seated on the right hand of God. And then, when the time comes, he will return to earth, the res- all the dead, all the dead, the good and the bad, will resurrect, and then comes Judgment Day. Yes, and and Revelation chapter 20 explains some of that. There will actually be two different resurrections. The Bible talks about a first and a second resurrection, but those will take place at the end of time. This is at the second coming of Jesus, and then after the period of time, the Bible talks about as the millennium. And this does not give anyone, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but there's no second chance. When Jesus resurrects you and you see what's happening, oh my gosh, there is a Jesus. Oh my gosh, there is a God. Oh my gosh, there is the Holy Ghost. I I, I surrender myself to you. I give myself to you. That's why it's so important during this life to make the right choice. Yeah. To to serve Jesus, to have faith in Jesus. And this this next uh, question is one that a lot of people have. And the point of this whole story, or this parable, is about not having a second chance. And and the parable that Jesus tells in Luke 16 is the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man is a man that has everything that he needs. But he's got a man that hangs out in front of his house by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus is a beggar. Lazarus is always there begging for something. But the rich man goes past him all the time and never thinks about him, never is, has any compassion on Lazarus. And eventually, both die, both the rich man and Lazarus, according to the parable. And it says that... Um, 
the rich man goes into eternal torment, and it says that Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom. And somehow in this story, it is able, uh, it's possible in the story for the rich man to cry out and, uh, and talk to Lazarus and, uh, you know, tell him that, oh, I wish that I had another chance or I wish that I could go back and tell my, uh, my family uh, about wh- what, what I did wrong. And if, you know, I could convince them if I could communicate and uh, what uh, the story brings out ever so clearly is the fact that there's no second chance. You know, this is one of the conversations that unfortunately, well, maybe I guess I'm fortunate that I get to have this conversation with a father or mother and say, you have not taken your child to church except for Christmas and Easter. You have not taught them to read the Bible. You have, taught, you have not taught them to seek out the Holy Ghost to find Jesus that can live within you for the rest of your, the rest of your born days and eternity forever. How would you like it when you get to that point, when you know you're going purgatory, you're going to hell, you're going to, to, to be separated from God for life, and you get there and you realize in all your children and all your grandchildren are also not going to be with Jesus forever. That's why we as parents, as grandparents, need to have the guts to step out and say, son, daughter, grandchildren, it is important that you know who Jesus is and you accept him as your Savior so you and I and grandma and dad and mom can all be together one day with Jesus in heaven. You know, if you read uh, through the stories that are found in the New Testament, um, Jesus tells quite a few different parables. And actually, there were, we know from, from historical research that not all the stories that Jesus tells were stories that he came up with, right. <laughs> that he actually invented. These were stories uh, that had, had actually, some of these stories were some that were being used at the present time. Jesus uses a story, a parable, with some imaginary facts as part of it to try to get across a point. And his point was very clear that you don't get any second chance. Well, what about the other aspects of the story? Did Lazarus really go to Abraham's bosom? Is, is that the eternal reward of, of the righteous? No, that's, that's, that's an illusion that is used, okay? It's an imaginary sort of part of the story. So you can't take that story and, and try to teach uh, the truth about the immortality of the soul. No, uh, Jesus is using that story because he's trying to teach you don't get a second chance. And when you die and you are in the grave, you don't get a second chance. That's it. You have made your choice for eternity. But you will be resurrected when Jesus comes, and then you're going to find out, unfortunately, that you're going to be separated from God for eternity because you chose not to accept him when you were in your body living. That's right. At the same time, you can know, if you have received Jesus, you can have the assurance of knowing, just like the thief on the cross, that you will be with him in paradise. 
that we will receive an eternal reward. Well, what about what Paul says about being absent from the body uh, and present with the Lord? Didn't, didn't Paul indicate to us that, it, you know, as soon as you die, that you go off and, and you are with the Lord for a, uh, eternity as a departed spirit? No, that's not what he was teaching, and he didn't contradict himself after he had taught about the importance of the resurrection. Just reading a, a short part of what Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The human body is eventually going to be destroyed. It's going to die and return back to dust again. But we are going to have life with Jesus. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, see what he's saying? Mortality, that means death. We come to the end of life, and the body returns to dust, and we wait there in the grave for, and and the very next thing we know after we die, if we're a believer in Jesus, is the resurrection. It takes place, and that's why he can say, for we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord as soon as we die, the very next moment. We will be with the Lord. And thanks for listening to The View from a Pew.